This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, good morning, church. If you made it here, listen, you had to start your car. And you should be in a food coma, technically. So give yourself a round of applause for being here today, because this right here is hard. (sighs) Well, we know that the day after uh, Christmas, I was about to say Thanksgiving. Well, clearly I'm thankful. Uh, (laughs) All the days are getting jumbled up into one. But one of the beauties is that we get to do life together. And so it's actually a privilege for us to be here in the house of the Lord together. And I think let's not take that for granted. I remember last year I had to watch myself on TV, uh, you know, the day after Christmas, and it was like I was cringing at myself. So praise God, I don't have to watch myself today. (laughs) Um, But today, you know, we just, I want to quickly just share about the topic the Lord put on my heart. I know that our homes are so important to us. We take pride in our houses, right? We take pride in the way that our houses look like. So can everyone just do a quick recollection in your mind? What does your house look like right now? Either it's a disaster of Christmas stuff or it's like super clean. So for all the people who are like super clean, congratulations, you deserve a star and a day off. (laughs) Shout out to my mom. Um, So this, this Advent series, we've been talking about God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And I think it's important to know that God is with us. And how is God with us? So um, lucky for you, I am a long preacher, so I'm going to be here for at least two hours. So get comfortable, okay? We're going to be here for two hours. And so um, I'm happy that we're going to be talking about God being a dwelling place. You know, the Word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And I think some people, I think even logically and practically, don't understand what does that look like. And so today I'm going to be talking about that. During our Advent season, we were seeing God with us. And I think I was so moved that God wants to dwell with us. So the concept of with us is woven through scripture. It's almost like this beautiful line that you can see like through Genesis all the way to Exodus and on forward to the New Testament. That there is this theme of God with us continuously, continuously in scripture. And we can see that, you know, man was meant to live perfectly with God, and, but it was lost in the Garden of Eden. God has made his presence known through history with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he was leading his people throughout history. And, you know, he didn't lead them in just, like, holding their hand, but it was through smoke and fire, literally. The Bible is pretty awesome. Read the Old Testament. And we can tell that God chose to reside in a physical manifestation, which is the tabernacle. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the different places that God dwelled in. I know I'm not trying to be a historian today and preach very long, but I think in order for us to understand how the Holy Spirit dwells in us, I want to take you back to the Old Testament of where God dwelled in the first place. You see, when God chose to dwell with us as one of us in the person of Jesus, he made that choice. It was not something that he had to do. But he chose to dwell in us, and it's so profound because we can see that God's tangible presence was something that was pure and holy. It's now so easy for us to be like, God, come into my life, and it's such an easy transaction. But do we understand the majesty of who God is? Do we understand the majesty of the creator that wants to dwell in you? 
And so this, I think, in order for you to understand that, I gotta take you to the tabernacle. So I'm gonna take you there. Exodus chapter 19, verse 16 to 18 says this. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders, lightning, and a thick cloud on the mountain, and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. They took their stand, they took their stand at the foot of the mountain, now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended it in fire. The smoke of it went up like a smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. Scholars say that one of the first times that God's presence was physically appeared to the Israelites in a tangible way was at the foot of Mount Sinai. So the scripture I'm reading to you, imagine being an Israelite at that time. You're seeing smoke and fire at a mountain. How many of you guys would run? I know, my, I know for sure I would. But God is so powerful, right? And sometimes it doesn't make sense that God would come in such powerful ways. And today we can say, well, you know, we need to silence ourselves to hear from the Lord. But God shows his majesty in the Old Testament again and again. And, you know, it's not just um, lightly. It's through rushing wind. It's through smoke. It's through trumpets. Okay, I, I'm really giving you guys a warm-up for the Old Testament. So somebody make that your reading plan for 2022. I love that the Israelites, they were not expecting this. They were so afraid. They said, Moses, you go. And they say in Exodus 20, 19, it says, you speak to us, but do not, do not let God speak to us, lest we die. They were so afraid to encounter the presence of God because they understood the presence of God was so pure that they said, Moses, you go. We're not going because we definitely know you're not going to die. But, you know, you go. Imagine being having an opportunity to encounter the physical manifestation of the majesty of God and you saying, I'm going to choose to stay in this mountain at the bottom of the foot of the mountain and just be comfortable. Moses told the people to not be afraid. But even still, they did not go up the mountain like they were supposed to. And so while Moses spoke with God, at this point, they are thinking, well, Moses is having a conversation with God. Do you think like, they're having this FOMO at the bottom of the mountain. You guys visualizing this? A bunch of people, thousands of people crowded. God said he came for them to encounter their presence, but they missed the moment because they chose to be comfortable. And I think oftentimes, you know, Moses was always meditating, and he was their priest. They, the people of Israel saw him as their priest, and the entire king, people were supposed to become the kingdom that could carry that that could be the kingdom with priests, and so people would not come to God at that time. He would not. So then now God would have to come to them. God gave Moses very specific instructions in the tabernacle. I mean, you can read in Exodus 40. It is very long, but it's profound. If you like are a history geek like me, I loved all the details. But the elaborate architecture, the elaborate language, God was intentional in the way that he chose. Why is it in Genesis that he only took two chapters to talk about how he created the earth, but that he took so many uh, chapters in Exodus to describe the tabernacle? God's presence where he dwells is a holy place. The people had to purify themselves to enter the tabernacle. I'm walking you through history here. And so it says here, the beautiful thing in Exodus chapter 40, verse 34, says... Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So now we went from God only being able to encounter people in certain spaces to now being accessible to priests only in a tabernacle where his presence would come down because they couldn't come to him. Isn't that beautiful that God would meet us in this place in that way? 
the presence of God now has a resting place among the people in a tangible way. And it continues on to Leviticus chapter 9 where it continues to talk about Aaron and his sons and the priests. All those details. I'm, I'm sure I've lost some of you guys because I'm like, I could go on and on and on about the history. Love it. So let me tell you something about Exodus and Leviticus. In Exodus, we see where people had only Moses to experience God's presence. But now in Leviticus chapter 9, we see that God's presence is now becoming available to more, to a larger group of people. Do you guys, are you guys following me where I'm taking you? So his experience, now the full experience of the majesty of God is now accessible to others. Wow, I was reading this and I was so shocked because imagine having to like purify yourself to enter this building. Imagine you had to like wash yourself a particular way. You had to comb yourself and women probably had to cover their head. There are so many laws to enter the presence of God. And he is available to us here in this place. Do we even put in effort to say, God, I want to come and meet you? You know, we, are, we no longer are in the law. We are not required to do the things of the law because Jesus came. And so we see that huge difference between Exodus and Leviticus. These are pure spaces where it allows the Spirit of God to dwell and to rest on. And before I talk about the temple, so there's a tabernacle, then there's a temple, and then God talks about in John how we are now the place to indwell. Let me tell you something about my culture. I am Ethiopian, and, and so in our culture, we have a huge culture of hospitality. We love to host, and obviously COVID has not been easy on us, but we love to host. And so there's a thing that we do in our culture, which is you prepare the home for a guest that comes. When I tell you they prepare the home, let me tell you something. This is not like a, you just dust lightly, you know, and you just like sweep and, you know, I think it looks good, smells, smells good, yeah, 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 that's fine. No, this is like in-depth cleaning, you know? And I remember as a kid, I was thinking, well, okay, like who's gonna really like double check the drawers and who's gonna open up the closet? And I'm thinking like someone's coming for an inspection, you know, because in my mind, I didn't understand what it means to be hospitable. And one thing I love about my culture is that the culture of honor is there with the culture of hospitality. You see, when there's a guest that comes, there's someone that comes into the home, what it does is it prepares and makes room for that. Right? So what do, what do our homes look like? Maybe you're thinking literally. So I'm talking figuratively of what your homes look like. Your internal home. The home that the Holy Spirit will dwell and reside in. The inside of your heart. What does that look like? Do you make room for God to come into that? Do you make room for the Spirit of God to clean? Or are you just doing dusting where it's like, oh, I, I read my scripture today, so we're just going to dust this off. I, I, I learned something from my culture, the culture of hospitality is no significant or insignificant the guest. You prepare a way and you give your best. You prepare your home in a way that's like spring cleaning. And I thought about that and I said, God, if I want to be a dwelling place for you, there's things in me that need to be cleaned. There's things that need to be removed. And I don't want to take that to 2022 thinking that, God, I'm going to continue to carry on. It's like you refusing to take out the trash when, in fact, your house is beginning to smell. Do you guys get where I'm going? God wants to dwell in us. And so we see that. We see that in John. I love that it says here, you know, the dwelling places in the Bible at that time were only reserved for priests and those that were chosen to enter those holy places. 
I love that C.S. Lewis said this in Mere Christianity. He said, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he is doing. He is getting the drains right and stopping the leaks on the roof and so on. You knew those jobs needed doing, so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house in a way that hurts abdominally and does not need, that doesn't seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one that you thought of. Throwing out new wing here, putting on extra floor here, running up a towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace that he intends to come and dwell in it himself. This is what it looks like to walk with the Spirit of God. This is what it looks like for the Spirit of God to completely refine us. If we are still doing the things we did 10 years ago, you know, it's not about tangible, measurable things, but it's like saying, God, am I being refined by you? Am I making room for you to turn me into a palace? I am ready to, we just think God wants to just fix this one area. But God says, oh no, we got a lot of work to do. What has COVID taught us? What has 2020 taught us? It taught me that, man, I have so many areas that I need to grow in. Just when I thought I've done enough work in my life, my best friend and I always talk about how like God takes us through these processes and we're like, it seems exhausting, but afterwards it's rewarding. Don't despise the moments where God is refining you, church. Don't despise the moments where God is trying to make a palace and you want to be a cottage. You are a dwelling place where the Most High God wants to live in you. Scripture tells us this. The prophet Joel actually talked about this in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. He says this, It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. You see, the Lord knew that he, it was time for him to come and dwell in a physical presence among us. So God's dwelling in his people is connected with the spirit being poured out. There's no disconnect. It is a connection. When we walk away from the Old Testament, I want us to think, when are God's people going to experience a new temple? You know, when we think about God's spirit and how we are becoming that, I think it's important for us to understand that Joel in this passage is the capstone of all things I just shared about. You know, it was later on that the temple was built, and again, the priests were only able to access that. So in the New Testament, when Jesus talks about in John that he is going to leave in order for, for the Spirit to come, that is significant. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Counselor, he is part of the Trinity. It's not an it. It is a he. He dwells. He wants to come and dwell with us, in us. So I'm going to read chapter, John chapter 14, 26, and it says here, I have told you these things while I'm still with you, but the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to, be rep to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, he will help you remember everything I have told you. Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you do not let your heart be troubled nor let it be afraid let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength in every challenge who are we that the comforter 
the most majestic God, that part of the Trinity wants to come and dwell in me. I was so humbled reading the scripture because I said, God, you created the mountains. You created the snow as much as I don't like it. <laughs> you know, but God, you created everything, every living being, and you choose to want and dwell in me. My eyes water every time I think about the majesty of God, the power of God, the spirit of God that wants to dwell in us. And what do we do with our temple? What do we do? We harbor anger. We harbor unforgiveness. We harbor things in our hearts. And we don't make room for the presence of God to take more room. You see, what the Holy Spirit wants to do as a comforter, as a counselor, as a uh, everything, as a mentor, like what he wants to do is take up more room. You see, as a kid, one thing I used to always think about is I could sneak and, you know, figure out the system. So if I knew there was a guest coming, we would clean. But there'd be, like, storage room. They'd be like, ah, no one's going to go in there. So I would, like, toss some of my stuff in there, you know. Like, I had extra books or something, and I'd be like, ah, no one's going to check there. Do you think that maybe perhaps there's things in your life that you have shut off from the Holy Spirit entering into it? Has there been doors that you've just shoved things in and closed it because you said, "Mm -mm, I'm not going there? And the Holy Spirit said, if I'm going to come and dwell and inhabit in you, that I need access to everything. He's not going to force himself. He's not going to take up areas. But we know that people have trauma. They have pain. And church, I know that we carry so many things. But if we have the Holy Spirit, we no longer have to go to a tabernacle. We no longer have to go to a temple to be purified where only priests can go and access the fully, the physical manifestation of his presence. It is now here with us and we're saying we're shutting that door to him. Let us not go into the next year thinking that those things need to be closed. We know that every person in every house has a room that is off limits to guests because, you know, we're kind of a little bit embarrassed of, you know, some of the areas we're like, we don't want people to see that. Come on, are we not like that? It's just me. Come on, church. You're with me. Yeah, there are things in our homes that we're saying, I don't, not that we're unclean, but it's just, we feel a little something in our hearts saying, ah, it's okay, they don't need to go in there. We can't do that to the Holy Spirit. And I heard the Lord really speak so clearly to me that if we want to be a dwelling place, each of us, we have to inhabit him in a way that makes room for him in our lives. I remember when I, encountered the Holy Spirit in a very tangible way for the very first time in my life. I remember all I wanted to do was just, I wanted more of Jesus. I wanted more of the Spirit of God in my life. I was so hungry. It was like an appetite. I had like, it's like I discovered something that I had been craving for all my life. And what it did was it told me that in order to make room more for him, there's things I need to let go of. I need to give things away internally that I had so many things that I had harbored in my heart that I never shared with people, that it actually hindered my relationship with God. But it was the Spirit of God that came and says, I'm going to comfort you, I'm going to guide you, but I'm also going to correct you. And so as we think about that, the different roles in Him, you know, the love of God is so powerful. And I remember one moment particularly, I've learned what it looks like to live a lifestyle of repentance. And so one of the things I want to talk about is how do we make room for God? How do we make room for more of the Spirit of God in our lives? And I think one of the first things really is to repent. So I, I had had this really big disagreement with, with a friend that I had. And I remember I had this crazy encounter with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit. And I was reading scripture, digesting every possible podcast on, I don't know, I just dived into the deep world of like, you know, 
Bible and theology and all that, and that was good. And one day I was just sitting in my car, and the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to call this person. You need to ask him for forgiveness. That is my son that you have hurt. And I hadn't talked to this person in like two years, and we had a disagreement about something, and I moved along with my life, and it was what it is. And so do you think I could just ignore that voice and keep driving? I tried, guys. I really did. <laughs> I tried. And I tried to ignore that voice telling me, pick up the phone and call. So I had to frantically pull over, and I dialed this person's number, and I said, hey. Hi. Okay, so I was expecting a voicemail, to be fair. But, okay, so this person picked up. So what do I do now? I'm like, this like, Holy Spirit thing is so new to me. Do I, do I say, like, the Lord told me to call you? Like, that's the biggest way to, like, that's, just, you know, it's just you don't do that. And people on the other line don't understand what you're dealing with. So I said, with my voice trembling, I said, I want to ask you for forgiveness because if I just realized that the, the last conversation I had with you hurt you deeply, and I want to ask you for forgiveness. And there was just silence on the other line, and I thought, definitely not the Holy Spirit. Definitely not the Holy Spirit. And my friend answered on the other line, and he said, thank you so much. And he began tearing up, and he said, you know what, that did really hurt me. And I didn't think it was worth bringing up, but thank you. And I was like, yeah, can I pray for you? And I prayed for him, and we had a conversation. And that was the first time I understood that the Spirit of God is not just there to make me feel good, but really to make me pure. That there was unforgiveness in my heart. So I need to repent in order to make room for the Spirit of God. And it was like a weight came off my shoulders because I needed to do that. Not for, for the person on the other line, but really for myself. You see, church, if we don't live a lifestyle of repentance, where we don't confess out of our mouths, we continue to keep things in our hearts that cause us to be unclean. I'm using Old Testament language, but truly it hinders us from, from, from growing forward. We need to live a lifestyle of repentance, where we need to repent and say, Holy Spirit, if I've grieved you today, help me. If, he, if John 12, uh, 14 says that he is our comforter and our counselor, you understand that God speaks to you that his, this mighty, majestic God dwells in you. But if we hold on to those doors and we hold them shut and we're fighting and saying, we don't want to let you in into this door because I have trauma here, I have, I have hurt here, I have disappointments here, what we're saying is, God, I don't trust you. I don't trust you with my pain. We need to let go of the handle and say, God, if you choose to go into that room, help me. And the second thing really is inviting him. It's so important that we invite him. We need to live a lifestyle where we invite God. We need you. We need your presence. And I think people think that when someone's charismatic and says, oh, Holy Spirit, come, they think that like some of this like smoke and cloud, I mean, it happened in the Old Testament, so it'd be kind of cool if it happened today. But they think that the presence of God is like this big, majestic cloud that's going to come down and, you know, it's going to be a whole theatric, you know, like production. But inviting him means I actually don't know what to say on this phone call right now. I actually don't know how to ask for forgiveness. I actually don't know how to express myself in this moment where there's pain. You see, the Spirit of God just needs an invitation. The Holy Spirit just needs one invitation from you. And we live a lifestyle of inviting him. When you have conflict with your spouse, you need the Spirit of God to help you. 
because your flesh is not going to do it. When you have misunderstandings with the people you work with, you need the Spirit of God. You need to invite Him to help you. He dwells in you, church. He chose to dwell in you. The majestic God that was in Exodus on cloud and fire and smoke says, I'm going to come and dwell in you. It is a privilege to even think that a majestic God would want to be in us. We need to make sure that we continue to invite him. And lastly is to walk in, in confidence. Why did I say walk in confidence? Because I think sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's like, ah, it's kind of weird. Like, is this like, is this a thing? Is it not a thing? Like, let's turn off the logic and say, Spirit of God, we need you. Right? I'm going to make room for you. And I'm going to walk confidently because the Spirit of God gave me something that I didn't realize I had. If I didn't make that phone call, I didn't know that that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. If I didn't repent, I wouldn't know that I needed that. It takes one step after the other to walk in the authority that God has for us. And I remember one time, actually, like when you, when you learn to pray for people and learn to hear God's voice, and you know, you just say, I'm practicing, you know? Because it's true, you are. And maybe it lands or maybe it doesn't land. But I remember one time I was, I was praying for this young woman and we're just having a conversation. I just like prayed for her and I kind of was like, she just looked at me like this. I was like, yeah, I definitely did not hit the mark on that. I think I messed up. So I was like, you know what? I, I'm just learning to hear God's voice, so I'm just going to um, pretend like this never happened, you know? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, no. I spoke. I spoke. Now, if the person was ready to receive, that's not on you. But you do what I ask you to do. And I repented in that moment and said, Lord, I'm sorry that I looked for validation from the person I was giving a word to. But the Spirit of God doesn't need you to get validation from people, church. He needs you to get validation from Him, from the Spirit of God, from, the, from God Himself. If God calls you to something, walk confidently in your authority. I know people who have heard from the Lord that tells them, you know what, I'm going to get healed from this thing. And they did. When everyone around them told them, it's not going to happen. I know people who, you know, desired to have children and couldn't have children. God can do things. But can we walk confidently knowing that God is going to come through for us? We sometimes walk with a chip on our shoulder. You no longer have to be priests that have to purify yourself to enter the tabernacle church. It is accessible to you because he chose to be here with you. So as we think about, you know, 2022, luckily for you, my message is ending. Congratulations, it's not two hours. As we think of 2022, what are some rooms in your house? What are some doors that you have shut off that you're so afraid to open? And, and mind you, sometimes you do need to go see a, a professional. I'm all, all for therapy in Jesus. We need both. But if the Spirit of God is doing something and you're fighting it, don't fight it. Let Him. Let Him because I have seen the power of God. When He tells me, you are a dwelling place, I have to like purify my heart. I also want to make myself. The, the scripture tells us over and over and over again that the presence of God wants to dwell in us. You know, everyone always uses the scripture, your body is a temple of God. And everyone talks about purity culture. But in, in literally how we are, our health, 
our overall mindset, our mentality, our, our mental health, our physical health, our hearts. Those are all things that are interconnected. I read this article by Yale and they did a study, an archaeological study on just how um, things like homes used to be called dwelling places and there was dwelling places on the matriarchal side they they looked very different and how the dwelling places looked represented the culture of what those places looked like like I told you guys I love history and things like that so I'll spare you the details but I was reading this article I thought whoa each dwelling place looks different each dwelling place is, is not the same from culture to culture from, from ethnic group to ethnic group, each dwelling place has its own culture, has its own way of doing things. But God is not intimidated by the way that your dwelling place looks like, church. He wants to be there. He wants to dwell in you. And so as we look into the next year, we need God to be every part of every room in our hearts, every part of our physical dwelling being, every, every room of our house. We need to do a culture of invitation. He's not going to force himself on you. You need to invite him. It starts with you. If we're sitting and saying, God, well, why am I not seeing you move in my life? Maybe the question isn't that, but maybe it's saying, God, is there rooms in my life that I am, I'm actually so scared for you to open up because I'm afraid of what that looks like. No fear in the name of Jesus. In 2022, we're going to move forward. We're going to choose to make room for the spirit of God in our lives in a way that we have never done before. We can no longer use any restrictions in COVID. The Spirit of God is right here where you are. Whether there is 10 people in this room or 100,000 people in this room, the presence of God chooses to be with you. And we need to walk with that knowing that it's a choice he made. Jesus didn't have to come and leave us the Holy Spirit. He didn't have to. Right? We could have been just waiting for the return of Jesus without the Spirit of God to empower us. To walk in the spirit means to yield to his control, that we follow his lead. We allow his, him to exert his influence over us. I quickly want to read this one quote that I read. My friends shared this with me and I thought it was so powerful. I'm going to share that. And it says here, it's called Tokens of Wisdom. It says, the Holy Spirit guides us to a different perception of reality, one that is based on love. His correction of our perception is called atonement. The only thing lacking in any situation is our awareness of love. In asking the Holy Spirit to help us, we are expressing our willingness to perceive a situation differently. We are giving up our own interpretations and opinions and ask that they be replaced by His. So when in pain we pray, Dear God, I am willing to see this differently, surrendering situations to God means surrendering to him our thoughts about that what we give to God he gives back to us renewed through the vision of the Holy Spirit my prayer for you is that you would walk with a renewed vision that the Holy Spirit will give you over your circumstances no priest has more authority than you our job as pastors is to point you back to Jesus that's it church but we are here to help you but we know that the Spirit of God is available to you and he is with you he is in you so I want us to just think how in the next year that we're gonna be open to what he will do invite him repent for the things that you felt like you've held on to I know we're weary I know we're tired 
I know we've gone through things that could be a lifetime in two, three days. We have lived lives, but God and His Spirit, are there. He's, he's not absent from those things. He's in those things with us as we lament, as we grieve, as we struggle. His presence is with us. So church, I just want to pray for you before we wrap up. Can we just close our eyes? We're going to do a quick exercise. Just open up your palms in front of you. I want you to pray this with me. I felt the Lord clearly say these words to me. And so as an act of obedience for myself, I want to just get us to say it together. Come, Holy Spirit. Take over every room I have shut off from you. I give you permission to help me clean the house to be purified so I may glorify you. Amen. Yeah. We, we believe that God is with you. His presence is with you. There's a thing that we did earlier this year called Life in the Spirit. And I'm going to be very honest with you guys. It was a big act of faith. I went up to Pastor Dave and Jess. I'd been sitting on this thing for nine months during COVID that God told me to do this thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. Also, like, who's going to show up, right? And I remember telling Dave and Jess, yeah, it's great. Let's do it. And so I start planning this thing all the way back in January. And I said, you know what? Our church is hungry for this. Our community wants to see the spirit of God move in our lives. But it starts with, with all of us that are here in this room to say, God, we need you every day. Not just because we put on this three-day conference to encounter the Spirit of God. He is available to us every day. But we choose to lean on our flesh, on our intellect. Invite Him when those things come up. And so we decide that we're going to do it again because it was pretty good. Why not, right? Two times the charm, maybe. Might be great. So we're going to do it again at the end of January. We're going to have prayer and fasting in January. And really... Take that time to say, God, if there's rooms in my life that I've shut off from anyone coming in, the Spirit of God is going to be gentle. And so that's my prayer for you, church. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.